It's so good to see you. Welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet, I'm Shannon, and I'm really glad to, to see you and know that you're here today. Those joining us online, hello to you. Uh, we're in the third week of the series called Playlist, and we're looking at uh, hymns or worship songs that uh, have meaning to us or have a backstory that's just so uh, compelling that we wanted to share it with you and look at God's Word through that. So we're going to be looking at a song today that you might not know, um, but you know the tune because you just heard it. Uh, it's called Child of Love, and it's the background to this bumper of, of video that you see, or yeah, that you see every Sunday. So, but before we get into the message, I wanted to take a moment, <clears throat> kind of piggyback on what uh, Steve was saying earlier. <laughs> yes, I lied to you, Steve. Sorry about that. Um, when I asked him to be on the board, uh, I think everyone who's on the board is like, oh my goodness gracious. But, but really, before we get in the message, I wanted to take a moment. Um, as we are seeing the light at the end of the, the tunnel um, for the plans and for the direction forward for our church, uh, I just wanted to say a, a tremendous heartfelt thank you to the, the ministry partners who are serving on our board, for those who have been serving on exploratory groups, looking at the pros and cons of, of the possibilities for us as a church. A thank you to those who have been representatives, and those are the people who just have been coming and listening to every single meeting and representing maybe their serve team or maybe uh, their community group or another area of the church. A Just a huge thank you to you. So if you happen to be... Uh, yeah, here it comes. If you're, if you're a ministry partner or you're on an exploratory group or you're a representative, would you please stand so that your church can recognize you and thank you for the time that you've been given? Please. Thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> and I know there were several more that were at the earlier service. Um, so in this... Um, Oh, and one other thing I want to echo about Steve. I'm not here to ask for your time. I'm here to ask for your money. I love uh, But no, I do want to echo what he said there with just the opportunity that we have um, to start off really strong on a, on a good, solid footing as we go into the future. Uh, we want to be able to do that. So I definitely appreciate uh, the prayers and the consideration that you're making. My husband and I were just... Um, deciding what we were going to do. So, because at, at the 9.30, I said, we're not sure what we're doing yet. Well, now I know what we're doing. So, um, but so it, we're in this series called Playlist, right? Uh, third week, first week was, we had, the first two weeks were based on hymns. So Justin kicked it off with Be Thou My Vision. Beautiful, beautiful hymn that he shared with us. Last week, I talked about It Is Well With My Soul. And uh, today, it's not a hymn, it's this song, it's, it's a newer song, I believe it came out in 2020, maybe 2019, but I think it's 2020, um, by We the Kingdom, Child of Love. And when you hear Child of Love, if you're like me, you kind of go, okay, that sounds hippy-dippy, like, you know, free love, you know, flowers, hippie something or whatever, but that's really, that's not what this is about, that's not, actually when they originally wrote the song, the band did, it was called Child of God, but as they worked on the song, uh, and just you know, wrote it together and worked on it, it just, it kind of turned into Child of Love. They felt like it fit better and everything. And we're going to, uh, you'll, you'll hear the band who will do a, a phenomenal job of it. Oh my goodness, you guys are in, oh, it's so good, so good. We're going to have such good worship after this. Um, so, uh, but it's Child of Love. And here's what I mean by Child of Love. It's the same thing they meant by the title of the message itself. 
It's child of God. When we talk about being a child of love, we're talking about being a child of God. And we will recognize that the, this, this reality when we understand that we are, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've called on the name of Jesus Christ, that you become a co-heir with Christ, you get this title of son or daughter of God. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing, and that's what this is saying about is this reality that we are not who we used to be. And that's kind of a premise that I want to build off of this morning, is that you do not have to stay the way you are. You do not have to stay the way you are. None of us do. Some of us understand that. Some of us are at a place in our life where we know what it was like to to be apart from God, separated from God, and then we've had that moment, that uh, amazing wake-up moment, and we're like, wow, I don't have to be that person anymore. Others of you have have almost like you use the term, like I've grown up in the church and you've been around Christian teaching and, and the witness of other people and, and, and all these things. And so you're not really sure when that moment occurred, but you just know that you believe. But it, for all of us, whether, whether it just kind of, you know, it was like just the air that we breathe, the knowledge of who Jesus is, or whether it was like a shocking moment, either way, we all come to a place in our life where we have to, in our lives, go, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he has lived, that he has died, that he has risen, and through that act, he has paid the price for my sin. We all have to have this moment. We, we all need to have this understanding in our life. We will recognize this, and it's in that moment that things change. And, and it's in that moment that we go from, a, uh, from, from whatever we want to call ourselves to a child of God, a child of love. And this is what we want to talk about. Two places we're going to be, we're going to start in Romans 8, because it just kind of gives a little foundation to being a child of God. But then we're going to spend the rest of the time in Acts chapter 9, because I see this parallel between Acts 9 and the life of this guy named Saul and the lyrics to this song. Okay, So we're going to start in Romans 8, and then we'll be in Acts 9. So um, here's what... Uh, Romans 8 says, starting in verse 14, it says, For all are led by the Spirit of God. And notice that's a capital S because you'll see a difference in a moment. For all are led by the Spirit of God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. All right? So we're not children of God because we, um, you know, read the most books and got, you know, an award. You know, we're not, we're not a child of God because we memorized all the scriptures before anyone else. We, we don't earn that. We're a child of God because of Jesus Christ. And so then the Spirit of God comes and takes up residence in us, okay? So all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you've not received a spirit. Notice that's a lowercase, right? This is like the the you know the the flesh soul the 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 uh, the enemy's uh, influence in our life. This is not a godly spirit talking about here. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Okay, this is what's happened. Now we call Him Abba, Father. This is what it means to be a child of love, right here. Verse 16, for his spirit joins with our spirit 
to affirm that we are God's children. Right? There's, a, there's that place inside of all of us that is yearning for purpose and for understanding, uh, to, to be known, uh, to, to, have, to know that there is something greater beyond just our ordinary lives. And that's what, that's what verse 16 is saying. When, when we recognize that Jesus Christ has given us new life, right? The old's gone, the new's come. When that happens, that God's spirit fills in that place of that void that has been within us. This is what happens. This is the, the life of faith, the journey of faith. Okay, um, that he affirmed, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we're God's children. Verse 17, and since we are his children, here it is, we are his heirs. Okay, You're, you don't call yourself an heir unless there's something to inherit, Right? You, you don't go, well, I'm the, I'm the heir of you know, nothing. Like, we don't, we don't say that. Like, it's, we are receiving, we are, we are sons and daughters. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs, we are heirs of God's glory. So it's not just a title. This comes with something. And then it goes on to talk about the, the, even the suffering, the, the hardship that, that followers will, will deal with, that will struggle with. That's, that's the journey of faith. Just because we're an heir of God doesn't mean that life is easy. So, so Romans 8, what it does, just those, those couple of verses, I, just, I wanted to share them with you to set the stage for what it means when we talk about being a child of love, a child of God. It's this work that God has done. So now we're going to go and we're going to walk through Acts 9, uh, some verses in Acts 9 and the lyrics to this song and look at the life of Saul. Now, if, you're, if you've done the Bible thing and you've, you know, been done the church thing for a while, you know Saul has another name and it's, we know him more as Paul. And I, for a long time, thought that it was only after his conversion that he got a new name. He didn't. It was very common in their... Um, in that culture, to have two names, to have, so he, Saul was his Hebrew name, so that's what he was known, that was his uh, given name, and then he went by Paul, which was his Roman name, okay, and so he had grown up uh, in that culture, Rome had, had kind of taken over and had all this influence, so he had a Hebrew name and a Roman name, and so he was known among the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, as Saul, but he would often, you know, be called Paul by others, and it wasn't until later when he does fully give himself to Jesus Christ that he ends up going by Paul, and there's a reason for that, which I'll, I'll show you in a little bit. So um, I want to start, I already said it, but I'll say it again, this premise in regard to looking at Acts chapter 9 and the lyrics to this song, this, this fundamental, I would say revolutionary premise is, friends, you don't have to stay the way you are. You don't. You surely do not. And I think a lot of us sometimes struggle with that. And we think, no, this is just my lot in life. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. This, this, this. This is what I've been told. This is what I believe. And I, I just, this is just what it's going to be. And it's not true. And we're going to look at the life of Saul and realize that he did not stay the way he was. Thank the Lord. Your life can be radically changed by God. And once we recognize and call on the name of Jesus, your life will never 
be the same again. All right? So, child of love in Acts chapter 9. Of all the transformational stories, those you don't have to stay the way you are stories in the Bible, I would say that Saul in Acts 9 is, is the best one. I think it's the most profound one. It, it actually comes up three different times in the New Testament. His, his testimony, if you will, is mentioned because it's so stark from one, like, Side to the other is just so amazing. So here we have Saul going by his Hebrew name at this point. He is a devout Jewish leader, Jewish uh, student. He knows the law. He knows it well. And just, you might know this already, but I'll just make another point of it. He hated Christians. And he didn't hate Christians the way some people might hate Christians today. Some people hate, dislike Christians today. Because of how the Christians act. Gandhi himself said, I, I really kind of, I'm, I'm going to mess up the translation. But he said something to the effect of, I really kind of like this Jesus guy if it wasn't for you Christians. Okay, that's how some people are now. That, Paul didn't just hate Christians, friends. He hated Christ. He hated Jesus of Nazareth. Hated him. He hated his teaching. He hated what he was what he was proposing as a, a new way. He was he hated the fact that he said he came to fulfill law because Paul knew all the law and he did, he was like we're waiting for a Messiah. You don't look like a Messiah. I don't like what you're saying. I don't like the way this is going and you're getting these followers. He hated it and he hated it so much so that he wanted to eradicate Christianity to the point of of death. I mean, he would kill people. He would be responsible for people dying. He was there at the beginning. The first martyr, Stephen, was killed because he was a follower of Jesus. And, and there was Saul watching the whole thing. But if, if he couldn't kill them, at least he would do is he would want to uh, humiliate them. He would want to arrest them. He would want to put them in chains, put them in prison, wanted them to be scared to talk about Jesus, to talk about the faith. He wanted other people to be scared to even wonder what is this whole Jesus thing. That, this was his, he hated, I, I really, I cannot emphasize this enough, that he hated. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 1, we find this. Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus. All right, so he's in Jerusalem. He goes to the leaders there, and he's like, hey, give me the authority, give me the paperwork, give me the license to go to Damascus so that when I go to these synagogues, I can present this and show your stamp of approval, high priests, and so then I can arrest all the people. If there's anyone talking about Jesus in the synagogue, we're going to lock him up. This is what he's done. Verse 2, he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way, which is what they were calling uh, those who were following Jesus. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. So you have Saul, okay, and I know it's like... I, I, you might think I'm being repetitive on this, but it's important to note because the point, what I say, you don't have to stay the way you are. And I'm setting this up for you to see this is how Paul was, Saul was. He had no desire to come to Christ, zero, none. There was nothing about him going, you know, I'm persecuting these people, but I'm going to listen too. No, 
He had no desire to know Jesus. He was not seeking any kind of fulfillment religiously. He had it all that he thought, right? The only thing he sought was to throw more Christians into jail. That's what he wanted to do. He had, there was no sense in his life that he goes, I, I got to get saved. Like the way I am is not good. This needs to change. He didn't, he didn't have this. He was convinced that he was totally right. And he was convinced that Christians and Jesus were totally wrong. This was his conviction. This is what he believed. He was lost, so very lost, and he didn't know it. He enjoyed his life, and he wasn't looking for something better. And he had a pretty good life. Before he came to know Jesus, Saul was doing okay. He he was doing really well. Which brings us to the first part of the song of of child of love. And like I said, I know the lyrics aren't very familiar to a lot of you, but that's okay. Cause, but just see the, the parallel here. Because maybe like Saul, some of you can relate to these words. It starts out saying, I was walking the wayside. I was, I, I was walking the wayside lost on a lonely road. Now, of course, this is like someone singing in the past. Like they're looking back and going, man, I was lost. Paul, Saul didn't realize this at this point. Walking the wayside, lost on a lonely road, I was chasing the high life. And that's just, that is a message in and of itself, friends, of our pursuit of so much other stuff. So much other stuff we pursue in our lives. And, and he follows it up with, this is why he was doing that, or the, the, the person who wrote the song, followed up why they were chasing the high life, trying to satisfy my soul. And you could just transfer that soul there with a lowercase s spirit, same thing. Trying to satisfy that part of me that, that wants fulfillment, that wants purpose, that wants, has a craving for joy and, and, and just like fulfillment in life. So the opening of the song is is someone who's lost and they're 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 chasing the high life and they're just trying to satisfy something in their lives. And I think a lot of us we get this, we understand this. And for for Saul, I'm fairly certain that he derived a great satisfaction in persecuting Christians. I mean, if you were to have asked Saul, he would have told you that he he his soul was satisfied because he thought he was doing God's work. In verses 3 through 6 in Acts 9, we find where this moment where uh, Saul is confronted with who he is and who he's going to be. Okay? It says, as he, talking about Saul, was approaching Damascus on this mission. So he got the the license, he got the uh, letters, he got the authority from the high priest in Jerusalem, and now he's on his way to Damascus to do God's work, he thinks. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? (laughs) Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, can, uh, try and imagine this, trying to be in this moment. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now, get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. Friends, you don't have to stay the way you are. 
Now, what happens in this moment is actually Saul is blinded by this, this uh, light from heaven that has shone down upon him. He's blinded by this reality that, that the one he's been persecuting the, and the people he's been persecuting, that Jesus is, is real. Now, remember, Saul wasn't, uh, one of the reasons that uh, he, he persecuted Christians and thought it was just a bunch of baloney was because Jesus didn't rise from the dead or he didn't really die or he, he, he's not, this resurrection thing, no, 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 that didn't happen. And now suddenly he is, he is hearing the voice of the one who, is, who has been not only resurrected, but is now ascended into heaven. And so his, his belief system now is suddenly just completely rocked. Because everything he had based his life on was, well, this isn't real. And now he's hearing from the one who says, I am the one you're persecuting. I am Jesus. So he says, go and do this. Here's what, here's what the, the lyrics and the songs say. All the lies I believed in left me crying like the rain. Then I saw lightning from heaven, and I've never been the same. So I just, I love the parallel between Saul's experience, his, his new life, and what we see in this song. And what, what is really interesting when you, when you think about it is that God had been pursuing Saul this whole time. That God was fully aware of who Saul was and what Saul had done and, and what was in Saul's heart. He knew all these things. There was nothing hidden from God in this regard. And yet he had a purpose for Saul. He wanted to use him because, you know, no, verse 6 he says, go into the city and you're going to be told what you must do. God had something for Saul to do. Oh, you want to use Saul? Are you sure about that, God? Like, do you, you know what he's been doing, Right? But yes, God has some form. And see, again, we disqualify ourselves. Well, not me. Oh, because I, you know, that, you know, let's just, the 1990s, let's just leave that there. You know, like, we, you know, there's just, we disqualify ourselves and we're like, no, not me. But, but God had something for Saul to do. He had been working. And I know that as, as Saul looked back on this moment in his life, because he shared his story later, he saw God working. He saw God moving. That the grace of God was working even in his life, even in his life. That provenient grace of God, that grace that works when we're not aware of it, it goes before us, it, it's working in our lives. This was happening with Saul. You know, and I, and I know for a fact, I know this because there's, there's some, some of you here today, some of you listening or watching that you're, you're at this place in your life where you're like, Wow, yeah, I look back and I see how God's grace was. I don't understand why, but he, he wanted me. Like, I look back and I realize that he did not want me to stay the way that I was. He, he wants to transform us. And not only that, but he has something for us to do. We get this. A lot of us in here get this. We understand this. And, and, and the, the flip side of that is that we, we, we go, you know, but I, I don't know why God wants to use me. Because in effect, it's like for some of us, we spend a good chunk of our life and it's like, like, we, like we went to Jerusalem and said, hey, give me some letters so I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Because that's exactly what we are doing. 
when we're not pursuing God. When our lives are not focused on him and dedicated on him and seeking after him and looking for him, that is exactly what we're doing. And in Saul's story, there's a believer, and and we really don't have time to go into this, but there's a believer named Ananias. And Ananias is a man of faith. Just bottom line. When things don't make sense, Ananias still obeys. Why? Because of his faith in God. Just, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about Ananias at some point because there's so much there. But so, so the Lord appears to Ananias in Acts 9 verse 15. And, and he's telling Ananias he wants him to go to Saul. Saul was well known. Saul was known amongst the people of the way. They knew who this Saul guy was. And he tells him to go. And, and Ananias is like, um, I don't, I don't think, are you sure? <laughs> like, are we talking about the same guy? And, and this is what it says in verse 15. But the Lord said, go. For Saul, and listen to this, this is important. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles. Ew, gross. That's what Saul would have said prior to knowing Jesus. To the Gentiles, to kings. To, to people of influence, uh, authority, as well as to the people of Israel. God had work for Saul to do. And so, now verse 17. So Ananias went. I mean, there's like, it goes from one verse to the next. And, but there is so much faith in there, in between verse 16 and 15, of Ananias to go and seek out a guy who has the authority, the license to arrest him, to kill him if he wanted to. He wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be found guilty. Paul wouldn't. Saul wouldn't have. If, 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 uh, if, if Ananias had put up a fight and they had to, he had to order someone to like kill him, like he, he, would have, he, would, he wouldn't have gotten in trouble for it. Ananias is a man of faith. So verse 17, Ananias went and found Saul. Remember, Saul has been blinded by this light. And he lays hands on him and he says, Brother Saul. Children of God co-heirs in Christ, sons and daughters of the king, that makes Ananias and Saul brothers. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Not whatever this piddly stuff is that you've been trying to do this whole time. No, no, no. For you to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 18, instantly, instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and he was baptized. He was Saul and he was blind. And now he's Paul and he can see. His life was changed. Friends, you do not have to stay the way you are. God wants to use us. He wants to move in our lives, and he has something for us to do. And that moment right there had been building since before Saul was even born, when you think about that. God was going to use this man, Saul. Later in the song, Child of Love, It says, I felt this sting of the fire. Some of us have felt that sting. We've been real close to it. I felt the sting of the fire, but I saw you in the flames. 
just when I thought it was over, you brought me, you broke me out of the grave. You broke me out of the grave. You don't have to stay the way you are. Oh, Shannon, they're throwing dirt on me right now. I'm here. You don't have to stay there. That's life from death. And this is what's happened to Saul. In the last part of verse 19, it says, Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately, immediately, so immediately the scales fall off, immediately he's baptized. Now, immediately, he begins preaching about Jesus in the synagogues, saying he is indeed the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests back in Jerusalem? Saul's preaching, verse 22, became more and more powerful. You know why? Because of the Holy Spirit of God. Upon his, his life changing and him understanding that Jesus is, in fact, the Son of God, he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And his teaching, preaching became more and more powerful. And the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. <laughs> if anyone else comes to the synagogues in Damascus talking about Jesus and declaring that he is the Son of God, they would have thrown that person out. But God wants to use Saul. Saul. He wants to use Saul. He wants to use this person with this, this really long lineage, you know, resume of being the Jew of Jews, the best of the best, which gets him in the door to the synagogues in Damascus and other places for him to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. He came to arrest them. And yet, now he comes to give them the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. No one else would have. God wanted to use him. He had it perfectly set up. I want you to, you're going to teach the Gentiles, which is a big part of Paul's ministry. Huge. And I want you to talk. He, he, had, he had places of power and people in power that he was able to minister to. Uh, all the times in jail, and he would get called before people. And I want you to tell the Jewish people, and he was doing that right there in the synagogues in Damascus. Think about it like this. This is what kind of blows my mind a little bit. Is that, that God, used, God used Saul's hatred now that, as a child of love for people to come to know Christ. Because it was his hatred that got him in the door. That's how much, when I say that you don't have to stay the way you are, that this is how God works. That you're not disqualified. That he wants to work in your life. He wants to use you. He is, he's not bound or, or unable to, to work with you and who you are. Think about it. Once Saul hated believers, and now he's seeking them out. He wants to be in ministry with them. He hated the truth of Jesus Christ at one point, And now he's totally living by this truth. He hated the gospel. And the first thing he does is he starts preaching it. And you know what he was preaching on based on his knowledge of the scriptures? It's not like he made up something new. He's like living out the scriptures. He's like, okay, this is what I know, and now here's Jesus, and this all makes sense now. He is the Messiah. So once he's called Saul, 
But he ends up dropping the Hebrew name and he starts going by his Roman name as he goes further and further out into the world, into the Roman Empire. Everything is different. He immediately began preaching the gospel. Part of the song it says, I'm going to climb a mountain. I'm going to shout about it. I am a child of love. I found a world of freedom. I found a friend in Jesus. I am a child of love. I just see this parallel here. Friends, it's the basics, I know. But we become children of love. We become children of God only through Jesus Christ. It's the only way. Saul was religiously devout, but he was not a child of God. Not until Jesus. Not until he declared Jesus to be the Messiah. As the band makes their way back out here, and, and, and we're gonna, they're going to share this song with us, and it's so powerful. I, I, I want to say that Paul's story, it proves that no one is beyond the reach of God's grace. Paul, right there in the scriptures, it just proves it. And, and this is why it shows up a couple of times in the New Testament. And that ought to encourage us. I hope you're encouraged by that today because either you're disqualifying yourself or maybe there's some people you've given up on. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Keep praying. Keep sharing. Keep being present in their life. There, listen, no one would have predicted Saul's conversion. Like five seconds before it happened, no, but nobody would have thought that he would become a follower of Jesus. And that's exactly, God had other plans. He's, he's seeking after us. He's, he's, he's looking for us. He wants, to, he wants to use us. He has plans for us and purposes for us. And, and I know that maybe for some of you today, that that's kind of like, th- this could be a day where you realize, you know what? I've been chasing the, the, the high life. I've been trying to satisfy my soul, my, that lowercase spirit in my life. And, and God is the answer. Through Jesus Christ, I am able to be a child of God. I can be a child of love.